Well, hey, thank you. Thank you for your giving. And a couple of things, uh, a couple of things I wanted to share is next week, next week we have our ugly sweater contest, hot chocolate, Sunday bar, all those kind of things, not Sundays, hot chocolate bar. Uh, but anyway, I have had my ugly sweater. Uh, last year it came in two days after uh, we had that Sunday. And so I've been saving it for a year. Uh, I have not seen another one anywhere like it, and so I'm just letting you know I am coming to bring it, all right? I'm excited about what gonna, God's going to do. Um, and, and we're starting a new series about good news this Christmas season because that is one of the things that we have the opportunity to bring that good news. And I love this quote, if you'll look at it. It says, the opportunity of a lifetime, the opportunity of a lifetime needs to be seized during the lifetime of the opportunity. And, and you need to grab onto that because this afternoon at 1 to 4, I'm going to ask for lots of prayers uh, from all of you all, but we have a team that's going in to the Moberly Correction Center. If that team can stand up, that would be great. Give them a great big hand clap that you know who to pray for. And... Um, We'll be going in with Prison Fellowship, Stephen Barbie, I think Stephen's right back there in the last row. Uh, Stephen is the director of Prison Fellowship for Missouri and Kansas. And so if you are just interested in some aspect of prison ministry, it's not necessarily going into the prisons, but there's a lot of different ways to support. Uh, talk to Stephen afterwards, he's got two tables, so he'll be bouncing back and forth. Uh, if you have a loved one that's incarcerated, uh, knowing what you can do and that support, because this is an opportunity where we get to share that good news. And the key is people's hearts are open right now to hear the good news like never before in history, like never before uh, in, in, this, in this past year. And just like Brittany, it's that is ready to receive the good news. And we need to bring remembrance into people's lives what the Lord has spoken to the people in our lives, to the people in our community, to the people all over the world. We need to bring that good news. Everybody say good news. And we cannot simply allow them to only possibly hear it, but they need to experience the fullness of the good news. I don't know if you realize it, but there's a lot of people that are going through a series of firsts. Shirley talked about that. They're going through the first Christmas without a loved one. They're going through a first holiday season, a first New Year's, and, and we have that good news that God will comfort those who mourn. He'll turn their mourning into dancing. He'll turn their sorrow into joy. He'll take their ashes and turn it into beauty. That is the good news that we have to bring to people's lives. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord isn't really being slow about His promise, as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake, for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. And the fact that God said that needs to awaken something inside us about getting the good news out. To not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 16. And I want you to ask yourself as I read this verse, am I ashamed of the good news of Jesus? Or who do I know that needs to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 1 verse 16. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. 
It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share, Father. And Lord, we pray over our team going into the prison, Father, that we'll be able to bring good news to those folks. Father, you say that, that we're to visit those that are incarcerated. We're not to forget those, Father. And Lord, that all of us others are also involved in this ministry as we intercede. And Father, I just ask that you stir up just this incredible power and boldness, Father, inside us, as Acts 1.8 says, that when we became born again, the Holy Spirit resides in us. And therefore, we have the power to be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, which literally means, Father, that we can touch our neighborhoods, we can touch our schools, we can touch our families. Father, we can touch the world. So, Lord, in the next 15 minutes, Lord, let me just be able to share how significant, how important it is that we get the good news out in Jesus' name. And everybody say, good news. We need to remind the Lord, and we need to remind others of the promises of the Lord. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, there's the story of Jehoshaphat and Judah. They were surrounded by three different larger enemies or factions that was going to bring war than themselves. And with three against one, it seemed that sudden death was suddenly upon them. And Jehoshaphat, when you start studying the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and 20, he knew the promises of God. But more than that, he knew what God had said. And he knew that those words had yet to be reality in their lives. And, and the thing is that, that that's that prophecy, that something was spoken, but yet it had yet to become a reality. And I love the first words in 2 Chronicles 7 verse 20. It says, are you not our God? Are you not our God? That suddenly he's like, God, I'm going to remind you that we have a personal relationship. And what a powerful and bold declaration to the Lord from King Jehoshaphat. Then, and, and you begin to, as you unpack this story, you begin to see his confidence. And you begin to realize he knew intimately the God he served. Because see, many times in our trials and Many times in our test and many times in the difficult seasons of life, we begin to doubt whether God said it or not. Did God say I'm really healed? Did God say I'm going to be prosperous? <coughs> Did God say he's going to really heal my broken heart? Did God say? And then we begin to wonder, does God care? Does God care about what I'm walking through? Does God care about our trials? And then all of a sudden we become weak in our faith and our belief in God and yet in this particular case what I love about it is Jehoshaphat decreed a fast throughout the land Jehoshaphat said we are going to we are going to call to intercessory prayer to be established for our nation and for its protection and victory and it's one of the things that we do twice a year at this church. And our next one of Pray First is coming up 1 through 21 January. And we're going to do it in a different way than we've ever done it before. But we're going to take really 12 topics and, and we're going to continue it all year. Each topic for a year of that God can. Everybody say God can. 
And we're kicking that God Can series off the 1st of January. But God can, just to give you an example, perform miracles. God can restore health. God can silence your enemies. God can meet all your needs. God can bring you peace. God can do the impossible. God can bring good out of evil, etc., etc. And we're going to focus on those topics and, and aspects. And you won't want to miss 21 days to pray first because every day will be a different day as we do this because we're modeling after what King Jehoshaphat did while our country is in crisis and our world is in chaos that suddenly that we as a church have to begin to fast and we have to begin to pray like never before. And then the Lord began to speak to prophet Jehaziel and he gave instructions to Jehoshaphat and, and Judah and he said, he said, Jehoshaphat, position the praise and worship leaders in front of the armies and have them begin to play unto the Lord. And the Bible says as they begin to worship the Lord, the Bible says that the three enemy camps that had them surrounded and had surrounded Judah, and Judah, the word Judah means praise, that suddenly as they begin to praise and worship, the three enemy camps begin to turn on each other. This alliance that they had suddenly did not, was no longer an alliance. And the Bible says they begin to destroy every enemy person that was there. And that means when you break it down, it says all of them were destroyed. That means the last two men, one took the other man's life. And then the last guy took his own life. Because it said none remain. Our praise, don't miss this, our praise to Father God confuses the enemies in our life because they expect us to act emotionally. They expect us to act a certain way, but when we start praising God and we begin thanking God and we begin to glorify God, even in the most difficult situations, suddenly the enemy is confused and then suddenly there's the threat of the enemy no more. One of the things that we have coming up about sharing the good news, everybody say good news, is on the 18th of December, which is a Sunday night, we're going to take teams of Christmas carolers out. And, and like, for example, we'll go to North Village and, and we'll go to some of our shut-ins who join us online. And, and, and we're just going to give them Christmas caroling. And, and can you imagine that if we just don't go sing songs, but we bring the anointed word of God through music, what may happen into their situations where suddenly they feel hopeless, they feel alone, they feel depressed. All of a sudden they feel joy, they feel hope. All of a sudden there's something that is infused in them and they start getting victory in their lives. Not just Christmas caroling, but it's bringing the good news through the music of Christmas caroling. What would happen if we as a church took the example of King Jehoshaphat and applied it to the promises of getting the good news out this Christmas season? Because I believe in the midst of doubts, in the midst of fear, in the midst of hesitation, as we begin to fight to get the good news promises out, suddenly, you know what? We don't want to give up anymore. Suddenly, we don't want to give up. And when we get the good news out, guess what? Others don't want to give up. Suddenly, they see a purpose and a destiny for their life. Why? Because they, others see a good news God whose promises is greater than their enemy in their life. Everybody shout good news. We get that out, all of a sudden, they see that hope. They experience that hope. 
how many people are not hearing the good news? How many promises of God are on the shelf in our own lives? How many of us have more confidence in the abilities of our enemies than in the power and the authority of a good news God? The Bible reminds us how important it is to have the right kind of people surrounding our lives in our time of need. Everyone around you won't be the one that you need. However, when you have the right people positioned to be out there, when you need them, then you can have more victories in your life than defeats. Everybody say good news. King Jehoshaphat and Judah gathered together, the Bible says. They reminded corporately what the Lord had said and who the Lord is. And then the Bible says, then the Lord came. Then the word of the Lord came. And it's interesting. Because it didn't come to Judah and it didn't come to King Jehoshaphat. But it came to the prophet. People are praying and seeking a sign. People are praying and seeking someone to bring them to be the good news. And, and, and that's you. We are the answer this Christmas season for their life. We are the answer for their depression. We are the answer for their, their, their discouragement. We are the answer for their loneliness. We are the answer for whatever they're going through in their life. And we have this good news gospel of Jesus Christ inside us. And we are the, the same as in the Bible story. The message is inside us. The first thing God said was, do not be afraid. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15. <clears throat> do not be afraid. In Mark chapter 5, it reminds us the story of Jairus. When his daughter was dying. And Jesus told Jairus, he said, do not be afraid, just believe. What wow, such a powerful Bible verse of encouragement that God will make a way when there seems to be no way for us and for others. That's the good news, that it's possible that when we have faith. And what would happen if we were a constant reminder of the good news of the promises of God in people's lives? Would trials cease to exist? No, trials come and go. There will always be tests. There will always be tragedy. There will always be situations. We live in a fallen world. And some are from God, but not everything that challenges us is from the enemy. But however, besides all that, the good news is we are to remind others about God's promises that he's spoken to our lives. Then we know who he is. And it begins to build a foundation in our faith. And we begin to not be double-minded and unstable in our, all our ways, as James 5 says. And suddenly they begin to see that in our lives. And it begins to transfer in their lives. Everybody say good news. Because when people are facing the most difficult times in their life, they need to be encouraged that there's an opportunity to connect their faith to the prophetic promises of the Word of God for their life. And you know what? When they get the good news, then they'll discover the joy of the Lord. When they get the good news, it will stir up a power within them to help them endure whatever they're going through, to contend for the miracle that they need in their life. And their faith the Lord grows stronger and stronger. And the Lord is working for them for his glory and for his good. And, for, and Romans 8.28 suddenly becomes a reality in their life. And suddenly, 
suddenly they begin to see God as their father. And they realize that God desires to bless them and give them a fulfilled life. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. They're going to put a picture up on the slide and that's what I do all the time. God, how, give me wisdom to get the good news out. And that's what you need to pray. Lord, give me wisdom to get the good news out. And the Lord laid on our heart a little while ago to not just bless. We're going in to bless the prisoners today. But you know, there's a whole other group of people. And when we delivered those 450 gifts and the high school students from Coach Hunt's class put those 450 gifts together for all the correction officers and the staff at Moberly Correction Center. When we were carrying the gifts in, one lady said, I've been here 22 years. Another lady said, we've been, I've been here 26 years, and we've never had anybody do this for us. What is it? It's simply asking God, give us creative ways to posit the good news into people's life. Did we preach at them? Did we beat them over the head with the Bible? No, we just loved on them. We just loved on them. And suddenly the destiny of their faith is in the word of God. The destiny of their faith in their dreams and visions. The Holy Spirit is given in their lives and purpose of God for their life. And they'll realize what many of you realize is that the prophetic promises are always more than just about you. We're blessed to be a blessing. But we're blessed to share the good news because that's what transforms people's lives. And others will always be watching to see how you fight for the promises of God in your life. Because they see the test in your life is bigger. And how are you going to get through it that determines your action? Everybody say, my action determines their reaction. Get that. Last week I was gone, and I typically wouldn't miss a Sunday for a wedding. I did go to church, I, I promise you. Rock of KC, you can confirm it. Pastor O'Reilly, sit right by him. Pastor Jimmy Bratcher, you can ask them both. I was trying to sneak in as a secret shopper, and they saw me. But, but, but I went to do a wedding for a former Randolph County Sheriff who eventually became a Kansas City police officer. And 15 years ago, he was the first on a scene for a mother who had murdered her child. And the sheriff had called me and he said, Vic, can you go talk to Brent? Because he's having a really hard time. But see, it was 15 years ago to share the good news. And it was funny because he, he, he said to the whole crowd, he said, uh, he said, I, don't, I didn't have a plan B if Vic said no. And, uh, but that's what I'm saying, that impact. And we've kept that relationship for so many years. Isaiah 52, verse 7. says, how beautiful are the feet of them that bring the good news. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings the good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that God of Israel reigns. See, it's interesting because in Jewish culture, you have to understand the feet was the nastiest part of the body. But yet the prophet's saying, how beautiful are the feet 
And as I wind this down, the destiny of people's faith and eternity is contingent on our ability to get the good news out and contrary to what they may endure at human hands. And we all have a real enemy called Satan and a demonic realm that doesn't want us to succeed in getting the good news out. And let me tell you, the moment you get the revelation of this series of the good news, and not just get the revelation of it, but start getting involved to get it out, you become an instant threat to the enemy. And let me tell you, Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18, 10 through 20, you need to read, you need to memorize, you need to learn to embrace every piece of the armor of God because the enemy is going to attack you. He's going to fight you because the good news is what changes people's lives. But it goes back to those beautiful feet. And if you want to have some beautiful feet, we have two opportunities coming up this week. Tonight, if you want to join us at 6 o'clock, if you're in Macon area, go to Hardy's, Moberly, meet us here. We're going to have hot chocolate, and we're going to have some list of some neighborhoods that we're just going to have you take. We're going to have you take, and you don't even have to knock at the door. We're just going to have you put it in the door handle to get the good news out. Just go door to door. Just say, hey, if you see somebody, you can invite them. Then this Friday, this Friday at 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock, and then after the party. If Family Life Fellowship, if we can just help set up. Let the foster care teams do what they do. But we can take care of the setup at 1 o'clock. So if you're interested, message me. Don't, don't tell me, message me, because I'm, I'm older and I forget. I'm just being real. So message me or text me. Then at 4 o'clock, we got another setup team. And then a team to help clean up. And then we'll do whatever they need us to do in between. We're providing all the drinks. God has blessed Carla and her team tremendously, and Carla's part of this church. But I want you to understand, we're not wrestling against our spouse. We're not wrestling against the government, our employment, even though may it appear that way. The demonic forces of hell are going to attack you once you start bringing the good news, the promises of the word of God into people's lives. And the question that you finally have to ask yourself, what do you bring into people's lives? Do you bring good news or bad news? Because every one of us are bringing good news or bad news in people's lives. In Job chapter 16, I'd never really seen this before, but 1 through 5, it's really powerful. Said, then Job spoke again. I've heard all this before. What miserable comforters you are. Won't you ever stop blowing hot air? What makes you keep on talking? So these were discouragers in his life. I could say the same things if you were in my place. I could spout off criticism and shake my head at you. But if it were me. But if it were me. This is it, folks. This is who, everybody say good news. This is who we have to become. But if it were me, I would encourage you. I would try to take away your grief.
so many people will give up moments too soon. And we have the good news to encourage them and remind them one more step. One more hope. One more prayer. Hey, Pastor Vic, this is Friday and Saturday. I want to thank you so much for the toys you gave my grandkids. God bless you in the, in the church you serve. And he was meeting his kids, his daughter, and his grandkids. And he said, what do you do? This is a grandpa. This is real life. This is a guy that's sitting in this auditorium right now. He goes, how do you be a grandpa? How do you do this? He said, how'd the visit go? Was praying, see you tomorrow. Everything went great. Had a fantastic day. I used the barbecue grill for cooking dinner. The kids had fun and enjoyed most everything they got from me. My daughter and I had a great time and a really good visit. Her boyfriend is a really great guy too. Thank you so very much for helping me out. Everybody say good news. You have given me a new ray of hope and confidence in life. I'll see you in the morning. He sent me pictures. But it was a guy we reached through making jail ministry. We've got to be willing to fight one more time. Will we get weak? Yes. Will we get tired? Will there be times that we fall short? But the God who is in strong in mercy and grace will take us to another level. Talia, if you want to make your way up. I've known Talia forever, and she messaged me a couple of weeks ago and wanted to get baptized. Praying for their family. Having the first Christmas without her grandma. See, the newspaper is full of opportunities. You look on the back. So the question is, Jesus impacted the communities, the regions, the nation, and the world with the transformational message of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in Acts 1, he said, you can do that also. So the question is, where do we go from here? Or maybe I have to make it personal, where do I go from here? Who will I connect with to get the good news out? Smith Wigglesworth, one of my heroes, said, only believe, only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Every head bowed, every eye closed. In a moment, you're going to see Talia.
get water baptized. And she began to share just so excited about her commitment to Christ, wanting to go public with her commitment to Christ. But she was like each and every one of you, was at a point of decision. And it's a personal decision, it's a vertical decision. If you want to experience the Father, you have to do it through His Son, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has brought you here for this moment. And it's very simple. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Now the Bible also says to be water baptized and that's going public. Water baptism doesn't save you. I believe something supernaturally happens. But right now it's you and yourself. And just ask yourself, do I know without a shadow of a doubt if I died this moment that I would be in heaven? Because I believe you step into eternity and you go to one of two places. We want you to go to heaven with us. A place of no more tears and no more sickness, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more separation, no more anxiety, no more sickness, disease, but an absolute place of perfection for eternity. And if that's you right now, just sort of say a simple prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And there will be suddenly a, a, a washing away that guilt and shame and blame. You'll, you'll start feeling that heaviness lift. And you just sort of make that your prayer however you need to. And if you're serious about that, then what I'm going to ask you to do is fill out that connect card in the seat back in front of you. Say, this is the decision I made today. Because you're not meant to do life alone, but allow us to come alongside you and help you step into the destiny and that fulfilled life that God has for you. And it'll be amazing what God does. Think, I mean, think about Brittany's story. Next week, another story. You don't want to miss it. Next week, the story's from a person that's 99% of the nation is anti-God. Only 1% is Christian. Father, I just plead the blood over each person that made a decision. That you protect that seed. Holy Spirit, start showing all of us how we're to partner and get the good news out. We're not ashamed. Let us ask, are we ashamed of the gospel? Who needs to hear the good news? name.